Shut up and sit down. Well, 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 gobble goo, gobble, 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 gobble. It's old turkey time here on Third Chef. It's episode three hundred and what, Matt? Ding, 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 ding. Twenty-four, three twenty-four, three twenty-four. It's a turkey time over here. It's a sick time. Everybody's doing the. <laughs> gotta have the turkey. Yes, it is that time. It's a freaking strange time. It's a strange show. We've got all sorts of weird things going. We did some stuff and did some things. But gosh bless it. This is a great time of year. I love turkey time. I love getting with the friends. I love getting with the family. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But before we do any of that, of course, today with me is the inglorious Bastion himself, the one and only Mr. Matt. He's here having a good old time with me. And we're going to just, uh, you know, have a little have a little get-together, have a little powwow here for the turkey time. But before we do it, Matt, how's the week? What are, what you doing? What's going on? <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this at all because I, I didn't think we were going to do this. I didn't we're think just we're going to be either, like, <laughs> blam, blam, we're doing turkeys. But uh, let's see. Uh, it was a pretty good week this past week. Watched uh, AEW Full Gear, which is always an awesome pay-per-view, always good times. A fantastic show. I will say, I think it's a little too long. Going from like 7 from the pre-show to almost like 12.30, 1 o'clock-ish sometimes. I think this one ended a little earlier, so it went to roughly midnight, maybe a little over. But it's a lot of wrestling. And it's all great, and it's all amazing, and every match is unique in its own way. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is the greatest match I've ever seen. And then the next match, I'm like, oh, this one's even crazier. And then the next one, oh, it's a big, hard-hitting match. Oh, it's really cool. I love it. So I love it. But I'm just like, man, I wish I could just go to bed at 11. That'd be really nice. But it was awesome. After that, went to our buddy James's house, played some board games, had some good times. Got came home and just ate a big Jersey Giant sub. Oh, it's great! It was wonderful. Oh, delicious! And then on the video game front, I think by the time this episode drops, I still will have only played two games this week. One being Persona Five Strikers on Merciless mode, trying to get to an easily farmable boss, or, or you know when you redo the end bosses of the palaces. I just downed the first palace boss. God, that game is rough. That game is brutal. That game is tough. On Merciless Mode, it is absolutely no joke. And I got to find a way. Uh, I'll wrap it up after this. But I got to find a way to just get everyone else out. Just get everyone to just stay away. I got to find a way to – There's, I know there's no way. But it's just turn the AI to just run away. Just run away. Just run away and live. Because all the time, it's you know, you know how the palace bosses are. I'm a big boss, and usually what I do is just a giant AOE. Like mm-hmm. when she turns into the bunny, she jumps up and does a big slam. So what does everybody do other than me? Run straight in. Ah, boom. Oh, Morgana's dead. Oh, Makoto's dead. I guess let's just use items and get them back. Okay. Well, now use the SP items on me because I had to use the healing items. It's just... <sighs> it's, it's easy for me because... You know, now that I'm playing on Merciless Mode, the bosses all have big tells. You know, when I recognize the text that they scream for their attack, I'm like, okay, this is the big AOE. This is the one where she jumps up in the air and spins and flies at me like 87 times. So that one, I just run. Just run to the side, to the side. This one, back off. Everyone else, huh? Let's just run right in her face and be instantly dead. So it's frustrating. But what's not frustrating, mostly, is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Been playing that a lot. Run around. There's too many quests in that game, though. This is like every open world game that you always talk about, where you go everywhere and it's just a plethora of things. Just nonstop. And I think what they've done in this one, too, is just have 
procedurally generated quests to mm. pop up. Because I'll clear a whole area. And then I'm like, okay, save. Load in the next time. What's this weird, like, hourglass icon? What's this weird, like, detour-looking icon? Those weren't here before. What is this? And they're simple quests, but I do them because they're quests, and I get XP, and I get to kill people and do stealthy things. Or I go to the message board. What's this? Oh, kill sharks all around the area. Oh, sink pirate ships. Oh, it's just a general, generic quest that's just feeding. But every time you go to the message board, you got to... I'm getting fed, so I got to eat them. I got to eat them, so my quest log is just... Massive, but that's it. That's all I've been doing this week, and in addition to getting ready for Thanksgiving and having fun. What about you, Eric? Same boat with the uh, Thanksgiving thing, you know, just uh, starting to prep. Actually, I still got to pull that turkey out uh, after we get done with the show, speaking of which. We're having ours a little bit late. Family's like, oh, we're going to do different things. We want you to do ours on Sunday, but we're still going to do our own. It's a whole thing. Doesn't matter. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. But besides that... I thought I was going to go to the movies. Didn't happen. I got sick this weekend. Didn't do nothing. Just thought I was going to go to James's house, play some board games. Didn't happen. All I did was sit at home and do nothing. The only thing I did do was play uh, God of War Ragnarok. I did play God of War Ragnarok some. Not enough. Not as much as I wanted because I kept falling asleep. Uh, I'm an old man. I think I took like three naps this weekend. <laughs> it didn't help me because I'm still sick. But hey, here we are. Now, I'll tell you this though. I, 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 won't, I won't stay long, but it drives me nuts. Every time I hear any show, any podcast, anybody talking, oh, you know, game, be- game beaten, 15 hours, you know, 27, 30 if you're really looking. I'm at like 40 hours of this game, and I'm still trucking. I haven't even uncovered two of the whole, uh, the two of the whole world yet. Yeah. And I'm at like 40 hours. I don't know how people play games anymore. I don't know what they do. Because even the ones that are like, oh, I'm a completionist. I like to do everything. No, you don't. I don't. No, you don't. What's everything? Or if if so, are you just that damn good? Are you like perfect at this game? Maybe you are, but a lot of the people I listen to, I know you are not because you always talk about how you're playing easy because normal's pretty tough and you don't want to do that. So, and maybe that's the ticket. Maybe on easy they played it for fifteen to twenty five hours and they did the completionist mode. Maybe that's exactly what happened. Every side quest on easy mode is just snap. Pop. Oh, it's done. I just ran over there and I went, swing my axe once and I got the herbs. Run yeah. back. Do, do, do. You didn't die to some of the dragons or the berserkers or any of that you know, at all because it was just super easy and you just swung your sword and won, just like you said. Whereas I have to actually do a couple fights here and there a few times to try to learn what the hell is going on and then beat them. And then some of them, even to this point, I can't beat. Some of the berserker fights, they are just kicking my butt. And I'm like, I'm pretty high level. I don't know what I'm missing here or what I'm not getting right, but... It's tough, let me tell you. The game, though, I love. It's such a fantastic time. Really trying to get through it, though, because, uh, once again, I got some other stuff I want to finish up for the year end. So, having a freaking wonderful time with video games right now. Just so much good stuff to play. So many good things on the horizon. You know, can't can't thank my blessings enough for all that. So, of course, that's the only thing I've played, besides being sick, being at home, and, of course, getting ready for Turkey Day. That's my week. That's how things have been going, Mr. Matt. And you teased the segue that I was going to do. You basically stole it. I was going to say, you got so many things to be thankful for in the real world, in the video game world. Hit us with some Thanksgiving thanks. I was going to say one thing that I'm really thankful for, but that would spoil my game of the year. Yeah, we don't want to do that. So I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for, and I'll keep it vague, I'm thankful for entries in franchises that I've been a big fan of. There's been a lot of, you know, 
even God of War, like for you, it's been off for four years now, but now it's back with another hot entry. Horizon, same thing. You know, for me, Saints Row came back with a hot entry. For me, Persona 5 Strikers now, because I didn't play it enough a couple years ago when it first came out, now it's fresh and hot and it's in my belly. And I'm like, you know, re-experiencing the same feelings you had with the past games now in new ways or, you know, just refreshed ways, updated ways. I'm thankful for that because, you know, it's not like game series are just dying off. They're coming back with hot new entries, and it's a great time to be a video game fan. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. Sticking to the video games, gosh, I, I'm, I probably say it every year, but I always forget. I feel like I'm sick or just crazy every time we're out this year. It's video games. There's There's so many, and all the time. I'm so thankful that just everywhere I look and every time I look at anything, there's another game that's interesting or something I want to play. Like we always talk about, when we were kids, that didn't happen. It was like two, three games a year. And that's that was it. I mean, yeah, there were more games, but games you were interested in or games that you found awesome, it was just a few. And you just play those suckers every inch and crater you could find just to just prolong it as much as possible to get to that next one. You did it. Now... It doesn't matter how fast I finish these games. There's another one right around the corner. There's another one already waiting. There's two or three that I just skipped over because of some other games. And it's a never-ending pile of just, I could eat this. I could do this. I could eat that. I could eat that. I could eat that. I could eat that. I could just never stop. It's too bountiful. It's too bountiful. It's too much. It's wonderful. It's so cool. And I'm very thankful that, uh, you know, the gaming took off like it did. Could have went the other way, you know. Could have... You know, the nerds just didn't have it in them, and money wasn't being made, and game video games could have just went by the wayside. And I'd have to be playing freaking soccer or football like these other idiots do, you know, and that's not cool. I don't have enough friends for that. So what would I do? I don't know, probably turn to crime, kill people. Who knows? It could have been a very, very different future for me. So thank you. (laughs) I mean, not that good point, but you do make a good point about just the bounty of awesome games that are out there even games that i wasn't even going to think about we we talked about valkyrie elysium the last episode how that was a game i just was like oh look it's a valkyrie rpg it's in the same series but i've never played the series so i'm just going to let it pass by oh there's demo though oh the combat system is amazing and excellent and it really appeals to me and i just want to play through the demo again right now just talking about it thinking about it there's not there's not as many and like you said when we were younger there were a lot of bad games there were a lot of just okay games. You get a game like, ah, oh, it's it's all right. I don't really like it. So when something you did like came out, you could just drop it off to the side like a hot rock and go play this. Now, everything you touch is a hot rock in a good way, and you want to put it up against your body and warm you because everything's so great. It's it's, it's ridiculous. And, and <laughs> since that was a piggyback on one of yours, I'm going to say a thing I'm thankful for is that HD 2D art style because – I played Triangle Strategy and still need to finish Triangle Strategy this year. Looks amazing. Looks beautiful. I played Octopath Traveler back in the day. Didn't hit, but the graphics were awesome. I have Live Alive waiting for me. Mm, I can't wait to get to that one. Yeah, whenever I get around to doing that, that Dragon Quest remaster of 5 or 3 or whichever one it is, that's coming out in that HD 2D art style. And I mean, I love 3D graphics. I love Valkyrie Elysium. I love all kinds of stuff. But that HD 2D style... Is awesome, and I'm glad that it wasn't just an Octopath thing, and that's it. Now it's here, it's there, it could be everywhere. I agree with that. And then, uh, of course, for me, I just got to say, uh, to hit on that note, it's, uh, what's uh, what's the second one that's coming out? They're coming out with the, oh man, it's forgetting. It was on my tongue while you were talking. It was, it's what started 
the whole Octopath Traveler, and then of course the uh, the the Triangle Strategy. It came before that, and it was the uh, the RPG, regular RPG, not a strategy RPG. They're talking about doing another one of those, and they've already done two of them, and they were for the DS, 3DS, and whatnot. Okay. Ah, oh, man, it's killing me. Because I was so excited to hear about they're actually going to do another one. Because I really loved the first one, played some of the second one, but never finished it. But it was just due to the fact that me and handhelds have always had a problem with each other. Ah, uh, damn. I would I would search through my stuff, but I can't. I don't have time. <laughs> You're thinking like Bravely Default. Yes, or, uh... there it is. Bravely Default. Okay, there you go. Yes, that's it. You know, that was such a wonderful game. That was... I th- and it's 3D. It isn't the two 2.5D you're talking about, yeah. but it's kind of what started, I think, the revolution of getting back into those old school type of RPGs. And mm. I think it pushed everything along to get us to where we are now. And I don't know much information on it, but if they go like 2.5D or something with that one, oh, that would just warm my heart. They probably won't. They'll probably stick to what it was, but of course, a little cleaner, a little crisper. But I mean, even that, I played the, I think I played the demo of Bravely Default 2 or. There is some other series that's like exactly like that that I, I can't remember what that one is. But I mean, it didn't have the HD two D style, but the just the 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 world that you were in. I remember like in that demo, you like run around the rim of like a volcano crater kind uh-huh. of a town or something, and it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. It had the you know the the god rays filtering down, and then just seeing the little settlement all around the rim of the town. Oof. It was beautiful. And then, of course, turning on that old 3DS, you know, getting that little 3D graphics boost going. Yeah. <laughs> it was so cool. I didn't like it and everything, but it was fun. I just wanted to give a shout out to that and, you know, be thankful for that because I feel, like I said, I feel, it might not have been, but I feel like that got everything going for what we got now. And I'm so happy to be here with all these really cool kind of more niche uh, JRPGs and RPGs mm. that we're seeing. The whole just comeback is just really, really got me happy. Because I, I thought RPGs were dead. Because that's all you hear anymore is just everybody going, oh, Western RPGs kind of maybe just totally destroyed JRPGs because they're so much better, you know. And I'm like, ah, they're not. They're different. They're fine. But they're not They're not what I wanted. They're, I don't want this. Can we have both? Can we please have both? And I'm glad it came back to what, we, what I get to eat, too. I get to eat, too, damn it. I'm happy. I was going to say, I love Western and Eastern RPGs. So, like you said... Porque no los dos, like the whatever commercial with the little kid, and she she bounces up in the air, you know? Exactly. And of course, with that said, I gotta be thankful, Matt, for a basic thing, outside of games, is this year has been pretty damn good. I mean, I look out, you know, like, like, I look at it sometimes, and I go, yeah, you know, I seem to be mad a lot of times, but it's always like you do, as I look back and I go, man, I, I did all this camping, I got this new camper, had a ton of fun with that, that was flipping awesome camping in that thing having a good time with the family oh i played this game i played that game i did this i would i did i did that i've been to king's island like seven times this year riding coasters all over the place eating food that's just amazing and awesome who doesn't get to do that a ton of people a ton of people don't mm-hmm. so to just kind of get in my own head sometimes you go, oh, blah, 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 blah. it's important to look back even if you feel that way and really look at the positives and just see that you got it good. I'm going to guess that most folks have it pretty good if you look at it as a whole. And, you know, and at the, as the world you know, level, you got it good. I definitely do. And it just makes me, yeah, it's good to think back and just say, hey, you know what? You ate good food. You had family and friends around you doing cool shit all summer. You played a lot of great video games. You went and did a lot of fun things, camping and whatnot. The things you like to do. So very thankful for that. 
And it's been such a great year. I hope next year's even better. So fantastic. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Like like you said, I'm down in the dumps a lot. I get busy for a week. I'm like, oh, man, I got no free time. But if I think back, if I, if I grab that calendar that's all in the blurry kitchen that you can't see off the wall, and I go down month by month, I'll see four or five awesome things that I did every single month. And that's the other thing that I'm thankful for is that shows, concerts, live performances, they're all opening up again. Like I have a, like coming up start of next year, it's just packed with stuff all the time. There's a holiday Williamson theater show. I got to fit in. There's they're giving Tuesday stuff. It's back in person. I'm going to go to see that next week, a whole day of plays. I've been doing so much stuff already and there's so much more to come out of that. And like we always say, those are the things that really energize me. Like, you know, day-to-day grind, uh, get a new video game. It's really cool, but then you kind of go back down. But when I go and see a musical, a play, a, a comedy performance, any kind of live show where I'm seeing somebody really talented do a really talented thing, and it's making everybody around me happy, and it's making me happy, that's what jazzes up my soul. That's, that's what gets me up and going. So thankful that i've been able to do all that stuff hey hanging out with the guys we got st patty's day we had a cabin oh, trip no, we had a few you know, this year it was great all kinds of good stuff so it's it it has been a good year as much as i like to say it hasn't been it has been we've done a ton of cool stuff and it's gonna be even more cool stuff for the future it's gonna be awesome hell yeah there is and then last but not least of course doing the show here we are still rocking and rolling we're coming at the Again. end of another year and we still have this bad boy going. We still have folks listening to the show, hanging out with us every week. And that's just awesome. You know, I'll say it again. Yeah, we're not the biggest. We're not We're not out there making millions of dollars, doing all the things, subscriptions. But you know what? The fact that we've got folks hanging out with us every week, mm-hmm. that's, that's way better than a bajillion other people ever get. You know, people try a podcast, try a show, try a thing, and just never gets going? A bajillion. A bajillion. Oh, yeah. So the fact that we have some cool cats hanging out with us every week to this day, all these years later, you can't be more thankful for that. You really can't. You know, and I know in the early days we're like, we're gonna make it big, we're gonna be rich, we're gonna do all sorts of cool stuff, it's gonna be fantastic. But as the years have gone by, I'm like, no, this is this is good enough. It's fun. This is great. I have a great time doing the show. We got folks who actually, you know, listen and have a good time with it. That's all that really matters. I mean, if you're not doing the thing for yourself, then you're doing it wrong anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that we're still here, even though it's sometimes crazy. We still manage, and that's awesome. Yeah, I agree with that. And then spin it off a little bit into the Patreon, the Twitch. You know, anybody that we get feedback from, you know, I, I love when we do our Patreon episode, I put it up, and then inside of like a day or two, maybe a week, we get feedback from our buddy Steve. He's always commenting on the posts, you know, hearing his feedback to what we're saying. You know, when I'm on Twitch and I get a couple people in the chat, you know, we're not chatting it up. You know, it's not a million people, but it's awesome to have those people with me while I'm having fun. Hopefully you're having fun watching me do that. It's it's awesome. I love doing the show. I love doing the side stuff. I love interacting with everybody. You know, I just got an email from Steve just the other day. I'll have to forward it to you so you can see what he had to say. So just that kind of stuff. Doing the show is awesome. The little, little fan base is awesome. Hearing from you guys is awesome. Thankful for that. And as we wrap up this part of the show, I'm going to say I'm also thankful for us being smart and splitting up our The Game Awards discussion into two parts because that's coming up in the second half of the episode. And I didn't have to stay up for 40,000 hours last week to edit a million hours of stuff. So coming up after the break, 
And after a final word from my buddy Eric, it's going to be part two of our The Game Awards nominees discussion. So look forward to that. What does what we say? Please enjoy it. Is that please, what we say? Please, please enjoy. enjoy. Yeah, please enjoy. Please look forward to it. What did we say? <laughs> what? Who the hell knows? You're going to find out, everybody. Matt already tied it up really well. Thanks a lot, everybody. This year's been freaking great. I hope everybody else has been having a good year, too, and you can sit at that table eating them turkeys, them hams, or if you can't afford that, maybe eating some ramen noodles or whatever it is. It doesn't matter what you're eating. Just hang out with some cool peeps and have a good time. And look back at the good stuff that happened, the positives, and let that overwash all the negative. Don't get on the socials. Don't get on the crazy stuff to see all the negative. Look inside, find some good shit, and have a great time. We now return to your regular programming. Now, best action adventure game. We got a lot of good nominees here. I'm going to say, for me, this is where Horizon Forbidden West should probably take it. Because when I think of action adventure game, I focus on the adventure. I don't so much look at the action. I think about a broad open world and wandering around and, and finding icons and go oh, go to that spot over there and find the question marks on the map and do all the things. That's what Horizon Forbidden West is all about. You've talked about it. Go to this new place and poof, icons everywhere. Go do the things. Wandering around a beautiful, gorgeous world. That gets my pick. I haven't played any of these games. Not a single one. But that gets my pick. So, of course, I've got God of War under the belt, Horizon under the belt, and Stray under the belt. I know what Tunic's all about. Same with Plague Tale. I'm with you, though. I think Horizon Forbidden West deserves this one because it's just like you said. It's a true adventure. You know, you're going out into this open world that's clouded over. You have no idea what's going on. And then as you progress, you find a village and all of a sudden, boom, opens up. You find your tall necks, boom, whole bunch of crap open up. There's little question marks everywhere, little locations all over the map. And you can go do what you want nothing's forcing you to go anywhere you're choosing your own adventure and you're having a good time doing it or a bad time if you know if you hate those types of games but if you love those that's what an adventure is all about you're having the time of your life exploring all sorts of new areas getting into trouble that you can't get out of sometimes whooping butt taking names getting weapons armor all sorts of cool stuff that's what it's all that's just what it is that's an adventure game and i think totally deserves it here God of War Ragnarok's really good, don't get me wrong, I love that game, but just like you said, for what it is, I think Horizon Forbidden West takes this one for sure. Hell yeah. Next up is Best Action Game. I got a little bit of beef here too. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, I'm sure it's all action. It's all shooting, it's all running, it's all gunning. That's not an action game, that's a shooter. So action games, for me, it's down between Bayonetta 3 and Sifu. Since I didn't show any love to Sifu, I want to give it to that, but... Bayonetta 3 is also not going to be anywhere else that it's going to win anything. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say Bayonetta 3. You get it this time because Bayonetta is all action and it's all stylish action. And it's all sexy action. And it's, whew, oh, you know, you love it. You just said it. Bayonetta 3 is a pure action game. This game is nothing but action. There ain't a bit of nothing else in here except for sexiness. Just like you also said, it's sexiness and action and more sexiness and action on top of that. It's fantastic. I've already been watching people play the hell out of this game. I cannot wait to get to it, if I get to it, because I'm already freaking 17 games bound down, and there's a million more on the horizon. But just off of word of mouth, Neon White, I hear a lot of good stuff about. Yeah. 
I haven't played it. I've only watched like little tidbits of it because it. Uh, let's be honest, I don't think it's that fun to watch people play really because it's kind of like your first person. You're just like flying from point to point. But the, the whole fun of the game is that instinctive action of getting from the next point to that point. But when you're not the one doing it, it just I don't know. It doesn't really add up for me. But I I understand what people are talking about with this one, and it is once again just like Bayonetta three. I feel like that pure action. Because you're just click, 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 move, move, go, 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 go. Try to beat the times, try to beat the times, try to find a faster point to hit to and get to. So I understand people who would vote for that one, but I think Bayonetta 3 is going to take it and will be the winner for my own pick and for the the point. Next up, one of our favorite categories, best virtual reality slash augmented reality game. I have no comments on any of this. I'm going to say Moss Book 2. Because I've heard st- good stuff about the original Moss. You help out a little mouse dude, and I heard it was a really good implementation of PSVR. So, hey, throw a bone to the sequel. Why not? I'm in the same boat. I've uh, played Moss, the original, but I've never played Moss Book 2. So I'll, with that knowledge, all I can do is vote Moss Book 2 because I've played the original, and it's really awesome, really great fun. It's really cool you know, to be able to look and move your head and see the different angles and how to get around to different spots and just control the character via the controller and do it. I still get sick playing that game, just like I do almost all the VR games, so I haven't finished it yet. But if I play and beat any of them, that would be one I would play and beat. So Moss Book 2... Hopefully you get the win because I want to see a Moss Book 3 on the PlayStation VR 2. Next up is Best Mobile Game. I have no thoughts about this whatsoever. I was going to say Genshin Impact, but Genshin Impact shouldn't be on here for like eight years in a row. So I'm going to go with Diablo Immortal because even Howard plays that. There you go. That's it. That's all I got. That's it. I don't play any of these things. I was going to I was gonna do Marvel Snap as one of my releases a couple weeks ago when it came out, but I tried to watch reviews of it and it's all reviews of of guys who have phones that are like 10 times even bigger than mine, and they're going, mm-hmm. check this out, and they hold it up to the camera, and it's really annoying, and I can't stand it. So, Diablo Immortal, go for it. Y'all got phones, right? You got phones, right? You got phones. You got phones. So, I've played Diablo Immortal. It's not bad. Nothing's wrong with it. It is a definitely pay-to-win type game, though, which bugs me. You know, I wish Blizzard hadn't done that. The others, I haven't touched or played whatsoever, except for a little bit of Genshin Impact, but I played that on the PlayStation, not on mobile. However... Word of mouth right now, Marvel Snap is hot in the streets. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody loves it. They say it's such a fantastic, cool card game. And I think that might actually take it up at the last second here because, let's just face it, you know, people have been kind of dirty talking Diablo Immortal. Like you said, Genshin Impact, that's been on here for years. How many times can you try to get that sucker to win, you know, a mobile game? And I don't know anything about the others. So Marvel Snap's going to be my pick for this year for my personal and for the pick, getting them points. Next up, best community support. We got a lot of the usual players. There's the one that I will always vote for, which is No Man's Sky, because the game came out, everybody absolutely hated it, and then all the developers have ever done is make it way better, add a bunch of stuff that everybody wants. I vote for it every single year, because every time I look at it, they're like, hey, check out this whole other new dimension that we've added to the game. Check out this amazing thing that's happening and i went wow i would have never have imagined that when it was the purely solo experience that i had when i played and bought it at launch the only other one i'd throw a bone to is final fantasy 14 because i hear nothing but good stuff about that too so no man's sky gets my vote final fantasy 14 you're the backup vote you got it well i'm torn between destiny 2 and ff14 for myself for this year 
Uh, I don't play FF14, but I just know that they take really good care of that franchise and good care of that game and its players, and nobody speaks anything but good about it. But Destiny 2, you know, they've been around forever, and that's that's crazy to me that that uh, a game of that nature has been able to duke it out and stick it out and keep a, a player base that high for this many years running. So I'm going to go ahead and put my vote for Destiny 2. Hopefully you all take it. Go Bungie. Next up, best debut indie game. We got Neon White, Norco, Stray, Tunic, and Vampire Survivors. I said them all because they got they got small titles that I can do that quickly with. I would say, I would say my vote goes to Stray here because it's not going to get picked up in a lot of the other categories it's for. But the next category, I think it might actually win. So I'm going to go with Neon White because I feel like if you're going to pick. And this isn't fair because I'm including the next category, too. If you're going to pick best independent game and best debut indie game, they have to be two different ones. So nobody's going to vote best independent game Stray and then best debut game Stray. So I think Neon White gets it here. That's my vote. And Stray could possibly win it also. Well, for me, there's only one title I'm going to look at for this one. And I want to give it to Stray because if we're looking ahead, I'm not giving it to that one in the next title. So I want to give it to it here because I did play and beat that title, and it was fun. I had a great time with it. I had no problems with it. Uh, you know, I can't, I don't think it would deserve the next one, but this one it does deserve because it is an awesome brand new studio having, you know, their debut. It's, it's perfect for this. This is what it belongs in. They did such a great job. The cat's fantastic. The environments are fantastic. The whole story told via the cat and the interaction with the robots, a good job. So Stray, Blue 12 Studios, Annapurna, you guys, you deserve it. That's the one you're taking. Next up, best independent game overall. Neon White does not get my vote because he did before. This, this is one of those ones where if I voted with my heart because of the experience that you had and you shared with me, I would vote for Cult of the Lamb. But realistically, I think this is down to Stray and Sifu because they're not everybody's going to play Cult of the Lamb indie game players will people who are into the theme will but if you're not into that theme you are not going to play that game if you're a religious person you ain't playing that game i'm just I'm, but i'm just saying i think sifu can attract more casual players james has talked about sifu how he, he wants to play that because it looks so cool stray if you like cats you're going to play that so it's between stray and sifu says didn't give stray it last time i'm going to give it here even though my heart says vote for cult of the lamb but I think realistically Stray will take it. And if not Stray, then it'll be Sifu. Well, you know, it's sad to say you're right. Uh, for me, it was going to be in between Sifu and Cult of the Lamb. Uh, I do also think that Sifu's going to take it because it's a fantastic title from all I've heard. Everyone talked about it extensively, but I don't care. I loved Cult of the Lamb. I played the hell out of that game. I have so many fond memories of it at this point. That not only am I going to give it my personal pick, which, duh, you all knew that was coming, but I'm going to go with the points for it just because I want to win so bad. This is like a breath of fire scenario that if I just talk about it and believe in it enough, maybe it will take it. Come on, Massive Monster. You deserve a win here. Cult of the Lamb. Let's get it. Let's do it. All right, next up we got Best Ongoing Game. I don't play any of these games, but I'm going to say Final Fantasy XIV because I still remember when Final Fantasy XIV was the worst MMO ever released. And it's it's it keeps going, and it's the best going. And everybody says it's like the best MMO that's ever been made, and it's awesome. And I'm not going to say the F word. We're not even going to acknowledge that that game is, 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 even, is even nominated. We're not going to talk about that. 
Yep, you're right. We don't talk about the other one. We swore a code of silence, <laughs> so it, it doesn't exist anymore. And with that, I do agree. Final Fantasy fourteen, totally, this is this is its win. It's just been going strong all these years. Such a great freaking player base. The expansions have been nothing but chef's kiss over and over and over and over and over and over again. And they were supposed to quit, but apparently they're not going to quit. They're still going to keep going with it. And the, uh, I don't remember his name, but the director, the individual that's behind making all these awesome expansions and storylines, he's not stopping yet, even though he said he was going to. So I can't wait to see what else is cooked up. They do nothing but bring out new characters, new uh, new classes, etc. that are just fantastic. And everything a Final Fantasy you know, player would love, like especially when the Red Mage hit, I was so tempted to play that game because I love Red Mages. But I didn't because I know what MMOs are and I know what happens when you play MMOs and get stuck in MMOs. But man, that was very, very tempting. So FF14, you get this one. Congratulations. Maybe we should play that on Fridays, Eric, you know? That's not a bad idea. Because, I mean, I know there's tons of references to the I mean, to, and it's to free to ones. play yeah, up it's free until, to play. like, a 100-hour mark where you get into the second expansion or whatever it is, so... Maybe we do it because I want, I want to see. I've, I mean, I've seen Cal Cabrina. I want to fight Cal Cabrina in Final Fantasy fourteen. Anyway, that's beside the point because next up is Games for Impact, an award that I never know what to think about any year. Like, I mean, I, I get it. It's a lot of like marginalized communities have their stories in a lot of these games, but there are a lot of games that I don't know anything about. Like, I only know about two of these games. And I don't know why they'd be in Games for Impact. Like, I know what As Dusk Falls is about, but I don't know what that has to do with the category, if I understand the category correctly. My vote is going to go for Citizen Sleeper, because it's a game that I have downloaded on my computer, and I really want to play, just because of how the game works and, and the storylines that I've seen. But I don't know how it fits in the award, and I don't know anything about any of the other games. So I'm voting for Citizen Sleeper with a big shrug emoji. And I was going to do the same thing. I was going to vote Citizen Sleeper, and that's only because I've heard so many people talk about Citizen Sleeper, and it actually did look like pretty cool. As Dust Falls for me, not something I, I want to play. I'm not really interested in that. And the Memoir Blue and Ling Hindsight, I was a teenager. I don't exist. Kind of, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. I, I've heard of Memoir Blue, but that's it. I don't know anything about the other three, so I can't speak much to hear i just want to say citizen sleeper for the point because that's the only one i've actually taken the time to look at and does look pretty neat next up best performance by an actor we got ashley birch in horizon we got the main characters for a plague tale both of them for god of war ragnarok and man engaged for immortality i haven't played any of these games yet i don't really know much about them i've seen ashley birch in horizon because i've watched some horizon gameplay not to throw offense or anything but it just doesn't like jump off the screen at me like she does good and she does a great job but it's not something that i'm like oh man that was amazing but i don't play any of the other games either i'm gonna say christopher judge for god of war ragnarok because like you said in 2018 boy (laughs) i like hearing a guy say boy and then in every other thing that he does outside of that he says boy a lot like we just saw a uh, a games conference thing, and he went, oh, boy. <laughs> and I went, yeah, <laughs> boy. There you go. Now, you know, spoiler alert, he doesn't say it that much in this Ragnarok. Teen. So there's, there's a lot more. Uh, Tween. No, he doesn't He doesn't say that either. It's, it's, <laughs> it's actually clever the way some things get handled. I won't spoil much, but it, it, they do a good job with it. 
For me, I just like you, uh, I've played a lot of Horizon Forbidden West, but Ashley Birch, she does a fantastic job, but there's nothing there that I think like gripped me. So far, I'm only halfway through. Um, I hear a lot of good stuff about Immortality, but I just haven't played it yet. So you guys already know, Christopher Judge, for sure, God of War Ragnarok, that's going to take the win. Kratos is just a character. I mean, every moment, especially in this new one, is... Every time he talks, just either funny, momentous, you know, heartbreaking, all those emotions are constantly going through there. Atreus does, you know, a really good job too, but I'm sorry, you know, when you're with Christopher Judge, it's just, it's a different level. So I got to go with him taking the win for best performance. Next up, best audio in a, in a similar type of category Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Gran Turismo 7, and Horizon Forbidden West. For me, I mean, I've played Elden Ring, and the audio was good. It sounded like clanging and bashing and squishing and smashing. But it doesn't, like, I'm not like, man, remember the audio in Elden Ring? Granted, I haven't played any other games either. But my vote either goes to Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 because it's shooting. And they take they literally go everywhere and shoot the guns and get the actual sounds of them and everything. But my vote goes to Gran Turismo 7 for that exact reason, but cars. Gran Turismo 7 is always cockpit views, the external graphics, but then the sound, the sound of those engines. Every single engine sounds unique because they go and they drive the actual car around and they get the actual engine sounds and the tire squeals and the bumps and the this is and the that is. I'm not a big Gran Turismo person, but the ones I've played, man, the engine sounds are like, they're legit. So they wouldn't skimp out on this one either. Gran Turismo 7, vroom vroom. Drive away with it, folks. For me, this time around, I'm in the, I played Elden Ring. Same with you. There's a couple good songs, but nothing that really jumps out at me. But that's for best score in music. So this isn't this is yeah. even for songs yet. And so, therefore, like you said, the audio itself, nothing crazy. For me, though, Horizon Forbidden West and the audio department, I think, takes the win. Because it's doing stuff that isn't, just like you just mentioned, Gran Turismo. You know, it's getting car squeals. It's getting tire noises, engine noises. Horizon has to make up all of its own noises because it's robots and weird things going on. So they've got to get creative. And and that's not an original idea because I've heard other people talk about it. But when it was you know brought to my attention and I thought about that, I went, yeah, they've actually got to get creative. They've got to go, what would this thing sound like? Well, maybe if I beat this freaking piece of log here and then mix it with a tin can rattling, that's what that, that would sound like. And that's pretty cool. That's very creative. That takes a lot of effort, a lot of fun, a lot of experimenting to get right. So I want to give props to Horizon for Ben West in this uh, particular category, and hopefully they get to win. Next up, best score in music, The Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Metal Hellsinger, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Ha 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 ha! You know what I'm going to pick, just so I can laugh at you, Eric. It's Metal Hellsinger. Ha ha ha! Obviously, I've played Elden Ring. The music's great. I enjoy it. But it's not something I think about afterwards. I haven't played anything else. But Metal Hellsinger's got to win. It's got to win a category just because you can't play it, Eric. Just because you can't do it. I wanted to give props to Hellsinger, <laughs> Metal Hellsinger. But I was so angry that I can't play this game because I have no idea how the rhythm works and what to do. <laughs> and it frustrates me because I love metal music. I love metal music. But that's okay. I can cheat. I can go to Spotify and just listen to the soundtracks over there. If I could ever get Spotify to work, which it doesn't, because it just goes, here's one song, and then it just takes me where the hell it wants to take me, because it sucks. 
And I hate you, Spotify. What you could do is just close your eyes, listen to an old school CD on your old school CD player, and then you just say with your mouth, bang, 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 bang. Oh, you've killed me. There you go. You did it. Metal Hell Singer. <laughs> oh, goodness. But for the actual points, you know what? That main song at Elden Ring is fantastic. Beyond that, though, I don't know anything else about Elden Ring's music. I don't know why everybody's like going, gunning so hardcore for Elden Ring. I'm kind of confused besides the main actual soundtrack, you know, when you open the game up. And, of course, I hear they got like a, uh, it's a remix at the end for the end boss fight of the actual title soundtrack, which is cool, but that's one, that's one, that's one, you know, song. That's it. Whereas Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and I can attest from Xenoblade Chronicles 2, everywhere you go, music's banging. Every village you go to, every open world environment from that, you know, said environment and area, banging music, awesome music, battle music's freaking cool, the winning music's freaking awesome. I imagine it's going to be more of the same, if not better, in Xenoblade Chronicles 3, so for the points, I'm going with Xenoblade Chronicles 3 as the best score and music this year. Next up, best art direction, Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon, Forbidden West, Scorn, and Stray. What should win this is Scorn, because that game is disgusting and revolting, and I think it's gross and ugly and, and creepy and gross. And this is the only category. I Now see, I am 100% right this time. This is the only category this game is in, because that's the only thing anybody's going to remember <laughs> about that game. It's just, hey, remember that really gross game where you stuck your hand in goop and, and slop? Yeah, that's it. But my vote... Is going to go to Elden Ring because that game, no matter what else you think about it, if you don't like it because it's hard and, you, and the sound and the audio and the narrative and the role playing, whatever, the game is goddamn gorgeous. That is the best looking game I have ever played, except for maybe something else I'm thinking about right now, but I totally forgot because I just thought this like two weeks ago. I was like, that's the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen. But thinking back to Elden Ring, there were so many times you would crest a rise and just be like, oh my God. But, oh, it was Ghost of Tsushima that I was thinking about. Yeah, Ghost, Ghost is what I had in mind too. It was like Ghost is pretty beautiful. You'd crest the rise and go, wow, or you, or you go up, you know, an elevator and you and a whole new biome, a whole new land, a whole new world, and everything was just incredible, and, and, it, and it fit the biome, or it was just what is this thing that's coming out at me? I don't know how to describe it, but it was it had so many wow moments. I heard that in one of the reviews. Every every few places I went, I just said wow. I will still say wow if I go back to Elden Ring because that game is gorgeous, looked great, had great art direction. I'm gonna, It's going to get my vote, but Scorn should probably get it. I'm going with you. Elden Ring, I think, takes it no, no problem. Every single enemy, every single bad guy, every single NPC is just unique and weird and strange and different. Every environment you go to, it's just like you go over a hill and there's always something awesome to see a picturesque moment and then the environments go from one angle completely to the next you're going over to the the red drab just crazy just decay and disgustingness the beautiful green lush vistas you're going underground to this just bizarro night world with stars just sprinkled out throughout everywhere these ethereal trees glowing and stuff i always forget about that one but that's mm -hmm. one of those ones where as soon as you get into that underground like holy crap look at Look at this now. The bosses, the enemies, everything down there, it's completely different. Yeah. Oh, man. Everything in that game is a piece of art. And everything just you could look at and take a picture of and put it on the Twitters. And everyone would go, ooh, wow, that's pretty. Wow. I mean, almost everything you do in that, you could get that reaction out of people. So Elden Ring, for sure, best art direction. I, I don't think it's a contest, to be honest. 
Next up, Best Narrative, Plague Tale, Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War, Horizon, and Immortality. We've already ranted about Elden Ring. I think there's a good narrative in there, but it's presented so... Well, I was going to say presented so poorly, but poorly in relation to what I'm used to. I went through that game, I knew nothing about anything. Granted, if you read every item description, like you said, if you if you put all the tiny pieces together that you have to go and find yourself, there's probably a good narrative in there. But big spoiler alert, but it's been six to nine months, however long. Radagon is America. What does that mean? That means absolutely nothing to me. But it was a grand reveal leading up towards the ending that I got. I don't know what that means. Who is Radagon? Who is Merica? I mean, I kind of know who Merica is. Why is it important? What is Goldmask <laughs> doing? What is he even doing? Yeah, what is, Why? what is the deal with Goldmask? Like, yeah, that's cool. <sighs> I know there's something important, but... Like, he, yeah, he looks neat, but what is what is he doing? Why, did, why does that mean anything to him? When you send it to him, why is that so mind-blowing that his finger stops and the brother's real sad? Whatever. Like I said, there's a good narrative there. It's not presented in any way that I could appreciate... So I'm going to go with another game on here that I've never played, Immortality, because we know how that system works. We know you're watching the scenes, and then you click on things in the scene, and whoop, 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 and you get to see other scenes. So a narrative that's presented in a weird way that I can actually appreciate, it gets my vote. I don't know what could possibly win this. Maybe Elden Ring. I don't know, because the story is so deep, quotation marks, but nothing here hits. I'm just throwing a vote for Immortality because I know it's presented in a unique and cool way. God of War Ragnarok's for sure needs to take this. Uh, it has by far the best narrative of the games here that I've played so far this year. Every moment is part of a story. Even the side stories are part of the story. And unlike Elden Ring, it's very cohesive. It's understandable. Any parts that you might not get, get told to you through Mimir in a side story, a side tangent, while you're traveling from one location to the next, and sometimes even while you're walking to do said item or said thing, he or your other character, whoever you have in your team, will be talking to you and going, hey, you know the importance of such and such is that this and this and this. And if you recall, this happened, which made this guy do that. But we're about to go take him on, so be careful because blah, blah, blah. It's given to you. Every moment is just boom, boom, boom. Okay, I understand who this is. Even if I have no idea about this type of mythology or what's going on here, all of it builds up and builds upon the main story. Even if you're the side quest McGrew like you know we are, and you start to get lost and you're like, I don't even know what I'm hell I'm doing. They always tie it back to what you're supposed to be doing and why you're doing it, and that's just incredible to me. So for sure. In my eyes, there can be no other winner but God of War Ragnarok when it comes to best narrative this time around. Nice. And up next, it's another category I never know what to vote for unless a Hideo Kojima game is nominated for this. It's best direction. Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Immortality, and Stray. The only one I have experience with is Elden Ring. I mean, it is a Miyazaki game. This is this is his style. This is his type of thing. So I'm thinking maybe this gets the pick for me just because of that. You know, if I, I could say this is a Hideo Kojima game, Miyazaki fans will say this is a Miyazaki game. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm going to go with that, especially only because I haven't played Immortality yet. I have a feeling that would get my vote, but I've never played it. Like, I'm excited to play it. I can't wait to play it and experience it. All these other kind of games like this, like Her Story and all the other ones, I've been itching to play, and I've never played any of them. I have a feeling this would get my vote, Immortality. 
just because, I mean, you have to direct like actual movie scenes and, and performances and literal performances from FMV humans, but I haven't experienced it. So Elden Ring just gets my vote. There you go. I do have to go with Elden Ring on this one just because it's, it's such a flavor. You know, the, the way that game is, you know who made it, you know what it's about, you know everything you need to know to play this game based off the individuals and company who made it. They, they have a style, they have a way they do things, the direction they go in is very much what you know it should be and is. There's no hesitation in it. I think if God of War, or I shouldn't say God of War, if Santa Monica Studios does another type of game that isn't God of War but then carries on that same flavor, they could start to compete in this. Yeah. And I, you know, just like Gorilla, like, they'd have to do another set of games that's not Horizon but follows in that them footsteps. So you start to get a direction of what this studio is going to give you and where they're going to go. I don't feel any of them have except for From Software. So I think Elden Ring takes this one without too much issue. And then last up, it's the big one, Game of the Year. A Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and the surprise one for me is Xenoblade Chronicles 3. That's I feel like that's the oddball pick. Not to disparage it or anything, but like I wouldn't expect that one to be up in there. For me, there's only one pick because there's only one game that I've played, and it's got to be Elden Ring. And, I mean, we've talked about the narrative being wackadoo and the sound's not that memorable and the music's not that great, but the, vi- the vistas are awesome. But the, the reason it's Game of the Year in here for me, out of these nominees, I've said it before, it's that physical journey that my character went on, that I went on. The stresses that he went through were the stresses that I went through. Going through those difficult bosses and starting out as just like a mewling babe in in, in the grass. So I have no idea what I'm doing. He can't do anything, and I don't know what to do. And going from that to just the... He went from this soft, squishy baby to just a giant rock. Boom. This is how we're doing it. Going from, I'm scared of every encounter. Just a dirty soldier in the street. I can't, I'm scared. To, that's the biggest, giantest dragon. F it. I can take him. We're doing this. And then being able to do it. It felt like a progression of me and not just the game. Like, obviously, I leveled the character up. got new equipment and stuff. But I got used to the tells. I got used to rolling into damage and not away from it and then getting hit with the follow-up attack. Just that journey. That's what made it Game of the Year for me. Obviously, I've not played any of the other ones, so I can't vote for anything anyway. But it's worthy to me because of the the grand adventure that I went on, all the experiences that I had. It's taken the Game of the Year here. For me, it gets my vote. So this is a weird list for me, all right? Plague Tale Requiem is the weird out-of-the-ball one for me. Where the hell did that come from? I I don't think that that was ever a big of a title that was going to be popped up on the game of the year. So, well, everybody did love the first one. So when the second one got announced, it was a big deal. But you and I never played the first one, so the second one's just kind of like it exists. But I just remember lots of people talking about the first one, so I'm not too surprised to see but it number was, two. Here I remember, and there. yeah, I remember the first one being talked about a lot. But there was always that it's really great, but it does have flaws, you know. Da 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 da. It was always that conversation. Fair. So I never took it super serious. I was like, okay, it's a solid game, uh, much like, um, oh man, what's the uh, the super sneaky one? Um, Oh, crap. I'm losing it. I'm losing it. It's gone. Nah, it doesn't matter. Damn it. It's gone. <laughs> it's got to be the sneak sneaks or you can attack. And 
and everybody loves it and speaks by it. It's the same folks who think it did Deathloop and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's uh, uh, Dishonored. That's Dishonored. What you're talking about. Yeah, like Dishonored was always in that same category. Really good, but it has this flaw and this flaw. I don't know. Seemed solid, but it didn't seem like it was going to be the game of the year. So when this one hit, I was just like, what the? okay, holy crap. Am I really missing out that big time? So anywho, that's, that's kind of the oddball for me. And I will say Stray. I know it was a big moment. Everybody was talking about it, but I, I am surprised. I, honest to goodness, as you already heard, thought Cult of the Lamb was for sure going to be the indie that they tossed in. I, unlike you, I thought for sure Xenoblade Chronicles was probably going to be in there if they did the RPG. So that didn't shock me. Now, as for who's going to win, there's no way Horizon Forbidden West is winning. It came and it went. It got forgotten. Uh, and that's thanks to Elden Ring. Elden Ring completely just ate it up, swallowed it, and there was no chance. Plague Tale, nah. Uh, Stray, great game, don't think so. Xenoblade Chronicles, I can't speak to it, I haven't played it. So for me, it's down to the two I have played. Elden Ring, God of War, right? well, I've played others, but you know what I'm talking about. The two big ones that we know are going to be, it's going to be one of those two. Nobody's stupid. The two nominees here yeah, that you have the two actual played. real nominees, and it's tough. Because I haven't finished Elden Ring, and I haven't finished Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't give you I can't, I don't have the vision of both you know sitting square in my head and I've been sitting here for like days going which one is it because I remember early Elden Ring Matt so happy I just remember that was so much fun so much fun and then I hated the game <laughs> I just decided I, I just didn't like the game anymore and that was right about at the fire giant the fire giant squashed the game for me but I don't. That shouldn't be the memory of the game, because I had a ton of fun getting to that point. And I think if you got past it and finished it, it would it would wash. Not like the ending is super great or anything, mm-hmm. but it would wash that that pain away. Because like for me, the the sticking point was Malaketh. When you got to a second form, I remember sitting and squeezing that controller, and I got so stressed out that I had like a cramp in the back of my neck because it was just. Uh, trying to focus and do it. But I don't really remember that. Obviously, I remember it, but you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. When I think of Elden Ring, that's not what I think of. I think of all the good stuff that happened. So I think if you finished it and you were like, okay, boom, and especially if, like, for the last few bosses, you had a great time with it because you're a mage class and it was easier for you than some of them were for me, you know, maybe it would just kind of wash it off into all good times. But that's the exact problem of having. Because I haven't done that yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did. We got the fire giant done, but I haven't played since the fire giant got beat. Mm. So I haven't finished it. And then I'm playing Ragnarok, and every moment is just joy. I haven't had a single moment of sadness yet, but I'm not through it yet. So maybe it's going to hit a hiccup. Maybe there will be a point that really pisses me off. It won't be that I don't think the baddies, I won't get stuck like I did in Elden Ring. But you know me, if a character does something just completely dumb that it doesn't make sense, you know how that annoys me. So I'm going to sacrifice myself, yeah. I'm just going to do it even though there's a many other options I could have done. Dang. You know, then boom, all of a sudden Ragnarok might get tossed off. So it just sucks because I'm speaking now and I can't give you my own personal favorite yet because it's not our own favorites yet. Which, by the way, look forward to that. Before the points... Elden Ring, I think, is going to take it. Because Elden Ring's fresher. Elden Ring's doing something just 
that we haven't seen before. Because, yeah, we have seen, obviously, Dark Souls, etc., but not the way Elden Ring got put together, not the way that game operated. The co-op wasn't perfect, but at least it was there. The music wasn't, I don't think, the best, but it was serviceable. It did a good job. The sound effects, everything about it, the vistas, just the feelings, like you said, of just becoming something greater than what you were is fantastic. You know, us struggling against the little uh, tree knight, you know, in the beginning. And then becoming to the point where he's a joke. It's not. He's like a regular bad guy. It's not a problem. Yeah. That growth is fantastic, and you do feel very accomplished. And I think, at the end of it all, the talk of that game, it took over everything for like four months straight. That was it. Nobody cared about anything else except for tertiary, but Elden Ring. And I don't, I don't think that's going to be, I don't think it's going to be let go. I don't think it's going to be forgotten. I think everybody who played that is going to say, no, that deserves it, whether they beat it or not, because of just how awesome and unique and wonderful of an experience it was i think it's going to take it for uh, the majority of people so definitely going to get my points for that one this year i think so what about you out there in podcast listener land what are your picks for game of the year for best direction for all the rest of these let us know via the email thirdshiftme@gmail.com on the twitter machine at thirdshiftme and find us on facebook under third shift Indeed, you can find us over there. Uh, Facebook's a wonderful little joint. You know, I was just there today checking things out. I think they were recommending some kind of like a nacho bake on a crock pot to me. Man, what a good place to be. I love the old Facebook. They they got that it up good. good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, Amanda even wants me to make it on Monday for her. So we'll see how that goes. Thank you, Facebook. But you know what? I want to also say thank you to Patreon because for folks who support us in the past, present, and future, you can head over there, throw a buck, two bucks, three bucks, any kind of bucks our way. They par- parse it out, take a little for themselves, give some to us, allows us to pay the bills, keep the podcast coming, keep the shows going, keep games coming our way to play, to talk to you about what a wonderful system it is. We appreciate all of you so very much who have contributed. And... Besides that, you can contribute in some other ways, too, like uh, five stars on the old Spotify, five stars on the iTunes. You can give us mailbag questions, topics you want us to talk about, any kind of interaction on the Twitters, the Twitches, all that. We appreciate, and it helps us you know, stay motivated, stay happy, stay, stay pristine, stay the best there is, and someday be a content creator of the year like Matt always says every <laughs> single year. Let's go. Come on. And, of course, you can also listen to the very next episode, which will be dropping on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do. And we appreciate those five-star reviews, just like I was telling you about. It's the turkey time. It's the time of giving. Get over there and give to your boys. And get us some five-star reviews so we can eat good in the neighborhood. I want that turkey five-star review. Let's do it. And with that, there's nothing else to say but... Shut up and sit down.